Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Molly Green and Darren Rice. Alan, Alan, it's Molly and Darren. Hello, Molly and Darren. Hello, oh, you recognize us? I do, I do. Yeah, sure you do. The Happy Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Garden Podcast, episode nine. My name is Molly Green, and would you believe, sat at two foot from me, is Darren Rudge. Hello. Hello, you. <laughs> Hello. I'm so sorry, we're so squashed together. It's so nice to have you here. Oh, thank you for inviting me. You're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what today's experience is going to be like. <laughs> For you, anyway. I literally, as the music was playing, was just checking that the litter tray was clean. The problem with the pod room as well is that I can't open the window because of the ladybirds. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've discussed ladybirds and opening windows, so it's been (laughs) tough. Oh! (laughs) 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 Don't think I can say that, can I? You just did. It's all right, I'll bleep it out. Touch Um, shite. Oh, no, I've said it again. Um, Shut tight. And yeah, anyway, we're here. How's things with you? Oh, really good. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'm radio controlled now because I. What do you mean? I, well, I'm a diabetic, aren't I? So oh yes. I, I had a sensor fitted yesterday. Oh yes. You don't want to know where, do you? Yes. Do you mm. really? Do oh, I need to tell well, you? Well, yes. On my arm. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Can I see? Or is it up there? It's. it's, it's uh, well, oh no, sorry. You have to take your shirt I, off. I no, that's fine. To un- no, 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 undress. no, no. You're all right. <laughs> so it's around there. Yeah. What happens? Well, it connects to my phone. Oh, cool. So. Um, must then, make you feel safer. And then it tells me what my blood sugar is. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Basically, that's it. Actually, that's my excuse for not doing you any lunch today. <laughs> I didn't want to kill you. I don't know what you can and can't eat. So. But I'd play it safe and do nothing. <laughs> anyway, um, gardening. What are we going to do today? Now, hedgehogs are on the agenda, Darren. Yeah, bonfire night's on the way, isn't it? Yeah, this weekend. We're recording this on the 1st of November, White Rabbits. And this weekend coming, yeah, the poor little hedgehogs that have gone into hibernate if a pile has been built for a week or two are not going to fare well. So we're going to be talking to the British Hedgehog Preservation Society in a little while about Bonfire Night and about how we can help them all year through. Interesting swat or not from you today? Oh, yeah. Hoverflies. Mm. So a much maligned little insect, actually. Mm. So uh, hoverflies... I'm going to be profiling those. Yeah, nice little things, amazing little things. We were going to do spiders and mice, but I think we might run out of time, so we'll do those. We'll probably do one each in the forthcoming weeks so we can properly profile them. Uh, You and I, I took you into my greenhouse a little bit earlier on. Oh, you were just showing off, weren't you? Yeah. uh, Yeah, showing off the hydrangea cuttings that you showed me how to do Mm. because I was really pleased that they've all taken. Yeah. So well, they're looking a, good. 
They're looking they good. are looking good, only with your help. But in there uh, are green tomatoes still. Grim. Mm. So Molly's Pickling Parlour, a little bit later on, how to make green tomato chutney, which Darren advocates every year. I think it's disgusting. But you love it's it, It's lovely. Mm-mm-mm. Nice. <laughs> and you've got to look after me today because I am feeling a bit fragile. Well, you are looking a bit green, <laughs> Mrs Green. I am. I'm living up to my name today because uh, me and Mr Green went out. He won't be appearing today because he's really fragile. <laughs> so there's no house plug bad today. Went to see the Boo Radleys in town last night. Oh, yeah. Mm. I was the only person dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> Mortified. There's nobody else looked like me last night. <laughs> One of a kind. <laughs> and it won't come off. Well, you look like Lady Hulk. <laughs> Someone said that to me last night. They said, Are you a she Hulk? <laughs> you cheeky bugger. I'm a sexy witch. <laughs> she Hulk. Sexy witch. Yes, Darren. A sexy right. witch. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> so, yeah, apologies for my appearance. Um, right, so all that and more to come. All of this and more still to come on the Happy Garden, Garden with Mom Green and Darren Rudge. All right. <laughs> Sexy witch. Oh yes. Dear. Yes, a sexy witch, Darren. <laughs> How long are you going to laugh about that? <laughs> Sorry. Be <laughs> professional. Oh, uh, dear. Just move on. I want to move on. So we're going to start by talking about hedgehogs. Now, sadly, over half die within their first year. And the average life expectancy is just two to three years in the wild for a hedgehog. So it really is important that we do look after them. And I spoke to Faye Vass, who's the CEO of the British Hedgehog Preservation Society. And I asked her if the yearly message about bonfires is getting through. Well, hopefully, yeah, we try and push the message out each year to get people to consider hedgehogs when they're building their bonfires. And of course, before they set light to them. Which... Sends me, and I'm sure everybody listening, cold. I mean, I hopefully the message has gone through because, uh, well, I talk to you most years, you know, and you, you, you push the message out, as you just said. We're all told to check and rebuild at the last minute. Does that message get through? I, I saw lots of bonfires in the last couple of weeks that had already been built, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the message gets through to, to some people, undoubtedly. Thankfully, they, they take note and, and, you know, do what they can to, to help um, keep the hedgehog safe but you know like you say you do see lots that are built in advance and lots that are just set like to where where they've stood for weeks sometimes um you know we get we get reports every year from people saying oh you know my local bonfire has been preparing for this for a month it's not moved you know and, yeah. and we we can you know can try and get in touch with them try and try and make a, a difference by sending messages through or getting the people to to you know who, who've We've got concerns to take leaflets and things to the organisers, but we, we certainly can't get everyone. And, and, you know, there's no no telling how many hedgehogs are killed in, in bonfires each, each year, unfortunately. Well, of course, it, it would be a pain in the bum to, to rebuild it, but it's not going to take that long. If, if somebody listening to this has thought, oh, our rugby club or whatever, the bonfire has been there for a month. You just get a little team together, take the top, build another pile, reconstruct it. You're bound to find something underneath. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not just the hedgehogs either. As you say, there could be mice or frogs or even pets, um, you know, hidden in the bottom part of the bonfire. So it's really important to uh, to move it to clear ground on the day it's to be lit. Yeah. Uh, and if, if it's going to be like a massive fire that you can't do that with, then then build a barrier around it with maybe used tyres or a fence or something around it so that um, you know, it's going to be sort of not nothing's going to be able to get into it um, during that time that it's sat waiting. 
And if there is anything in it, I mean, goodness, even when noise is made and there's people around, most animals will just hunk, they'll freeze and hunker down, won't they? They won't run. Well, especially hedgehogs. Especially hedgehogs, yeah. What they tend to do is curl up in a ball and just curl up tighter when they hear something that's scary. So, you know, move them on the, on the materials on the day it's to be lit, but also check in the bottom few feet, uh, especially of the bonfire carefully. Um, using it, shining a torch in, listening for any signs of life, because a hedgehog in particular sort of huff and puff when they're disturbed or stressed. So you can sometimes hear that. Um, so have a good check through, even if you've moved it recently, just have a good check through in case anything else has come in before, you know, striking the match. And then on, you know, as a, as a very last sort of bid for, for help to help them, then just light it from one side only. And that gives anything that it has been missed at least one final chance to escape the unlit side. Makes you feel a bit sick, doesn't it, really, thinking about it? Mm. It really does. It does. Better still, of course, is, is not to have a bonfire. <laughs> well, but, um, yes. Will. <laughs> well, it's something that, yeah, I, I, I do come across as a miserable bag every year. I can't be doing with bonfires for that reason and fireworks. And not everybody loves this time of year. No, they certainly don't. And I mean, you know, the fireworks can be pretty without being noisy. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure you can have a, a lovely time without setting <laughs> half a field on fire. But yeah. um, um, it, people people will celebrate like that. So if they're going to, then these are sort of some things they can do to reduce the risk. But uh, yeah, we'd much rather they weren't bonfires, to be honest. That's Faye Vass, the CEO of the British Hedgehog Preservation Society. We'll be back with her in a little while to find out just how we can look after our little hedgehog friends all year round and just how they fit into our garden chain. Compost fly, Darren. Oh, where's it gone? It's just on my nose. Welcome to my house. Um, bonfire night. I hate bonfire. I hate bonfire a couple of weeks, really. Yeah, it's already started, hasn't it? Yeah. We've got a really nervous dog. I mean, he's a big dog. He's Which a ma- one? He's a Malamute and bear. Bear. Yeah, he's a big dog and he's really, really nervous around. Um, what does he do when he hears that? Uh, he just tries to hide and he gets really, really nervous. And there's no calming him down, mm. you know, no matter what we try. I mean, we've tried calms, you know, actually giving him something really? to calm him down. And he's still really on ten. What about hours? a thunder jacket? Have you heard of those? No, no. They're really all, no. good. And uh, we used to have one of those for one of our dogs. It's basically like a jumper, but it's quite tight, and it's 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 like swaddling them, oh, right. and they feel really secure. It's quite it's heavy and it's weighted and it's quite tight, and it's like they're being hugged. Thunder jackets. Oh, they're yeah. quite good. Try that. Yeah. 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 You could Anything. have the Happy Garden podcast on loud. Yeah, of course you could. Very loud. Yeah. <laughs> He's still here, is that? Yeah, he of course. Still knows. Yeah. They're still sensitive, yeah. don't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So and they don't yeah. understand. And also with the bonfires themselves as well. And you and I have talked loads over the last few episodes about insects uh, in the garden and ladybirds, in particular, in the last couple of weeks. They're all going to be, you know, they'll have all have gone into the bonfire piles. Wood lice, beetles, frogs, as we just heard Faye say there, all sorts will be in there. Ooh, when it's be. lit, mm-hmm. I know it is. It's a it's a real shame, and don't even yeah, don't even get on to the fireworks, let alone the fires. Anyway, enjoy your bonfire uh, weekend if you're having one. <laughs> Darren, let's get to the email. If you want to email any questions to Darren, you can do. It is the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail I've got one for you from Sandra here. Oh, loving the podcast, Mol and Darren. Can I ask? Oh, sorry. Can I pick Darren's brains and ask a question? I'm currently trying to design my garden garden for a fresh look next year. At the moment, it's bare and lifeless. I want colour and some cohesion, but I'm not sure where to start. Help and then two exclamation marks. That's from Sandra. 
Well, Sandra, that's a really, really good question. And it's quite often where people go wrong in their garden because they do bits and pieces and it looks really uncohesive and it looks it looks a bit messy to the eye, you know, where you're, where you're looking at it. And it becomes confusing to people, folks. So um, let's start with some of the basics. And we're talking design principles here. Unity and cohesion means, you know, bringing everything together so it looks like a, a cohesive whole. So it works and we call it a garden that actually works and you can do it in a number of ways there's a number of tricks that you can start to think about um, Sandra when you're pulling your garden space together the first one to think about is what's your house like and what sort of materials have you actually got in the house and just sort of thinking about linking things in the garden to the types and colors that you might have on the house or even materials that your house is actually uh, actually built from. Secondly, think about whether you want a formal garden or an informal garden. Now, formal gardens tend to use geometric shapes, so squares, circles, rectangles, so it might be the lawn that's circular, the patio that's rectangular, those sorts of things. And is it a formal garden that you want, or do you want something a bit curvy, something that sort of uh, wanders around the space and you don't see everything all at once? So that's the first thing you can do. A really, really quick trick to make a cohesive space is to think of a garden style. Now, quite often when I talk to people as a garden designer and and I say, uh, what particular styles do you like? Most people are sort of nonplussed because we tend to have a mixed style in our gardens these days. So we're influenced by a whole host of things. But actually, if you can choose a particular style, and it might be something like cottage garden, or a Japanese garden, or a contemporary garden. Basically, what you're doing there is you're linking into a style and then everything that you put into your garden space actually links back to that particular style. So if we take a Japanese garden, for, uh, for instance, you might have a koi pond. You might have a pergola or a gazebo. And then your planting might reflect Japanese styles. Anything with the species name, Japonica, Fatsia Japonica, Mahonia Japonica, those sorts of things originate from Japan and we'll link into that style and then of course we've got those wonderful Japanese maples haven't we so Asa Parmatum, Asa Dissectum and as you build your garden like that you start to build unity and cohesion. Now we move into form, size and the way we deal with space. So plants have particular forms and again you can unify a space by actually pulling together particular forms and particular plant forms that actually link to the garden style that you've created. And finally, colour. Colour will really help you draw things together. So hot colours, uh, sort of reds, oranges and yellows, bring the garden closer. And cooler colours, greys, blues and whites, actually make things recede. But actually, if you mix these colours, once again, you can unify a garden. And, you know, you can have monochromatic schemes, you can have contrasting schemes, all sorts of colour schemes. So there's a few ways that you can actually sit down and start to plan your garden. You don't have to be a professional designer to do this. You can just sit down with a piece of paper and a pen, just start to sketch out the garden, and then just think about those few things that I've mentioned to make a cohesive whole. So the garden works as a cohesive whole. One final point, folks, is when you do plant, 
planting blocks of threes, fives, sevens and nines so that actually you get a block of colour and interest and that way it will become less confusing and more unified. I hope that helps Sandra. Right, yeah, no, that all sounds brilliant. What are you, thank you, Sandra, and yeah, I hope that helps. And let us know as well, and um, we always say keep in touch, so, you know. Well, send us some six, pictures. Six, nine months, yeah. That's yeah. what we want, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, or even your design, yeah, pictures of your design. Yeah. What are you working on at the moment? What have you been doing? I have got quite, what's the word I'm looking Not for? Not sure. It's um, quirky. Okay. <laughs> so the garden that I'm actually working on at the moment, uh, they have a, a windmill, full-scale <gasps> windmill in the garden. Full-scale? Full-scale, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> in the garden? Yeah. And they've got three large koi ponds, yeah. which they're actually filling in, and these are going to be show gardens. And then basically... When you say for show gardens, what do you mean, though? What, are they for NGS, or who are they going to show them to? Well, this is a quirky garden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's not uh, not there for the public, yeah. but it is it is going to be there for the people that actually... Are they really there. rich? <laughs> I would think yeah, so. Yeah, I'd have thought so as well. <laughs> Why would you, how'd you get that job? <laughs> nice, Darren. Well, you know. <laughs> Wheels and the circles and you move circles in. Windmill in They got their own windmill in the garden. Wow. The house is, I have to tell you. You've been in? Is, yeah, it's circular. And they've got, a, they've got a swimming pool in the middle. What? <laughs> what do you mean? I know, I'm really jealous. A swimming pool in, what, downstairs? Yeah, in the... downstairs with a glass dome on it. Oh, and wow. And you walk around the house. Different world. It's wonderful. It's really lovely. But you will love it because the house is all reclaimed. So everything oh, that's, okay, that's there yeah. is reclaimed. Sustainable. Everything that was in the garden is reclaimed. And I mean brick by brick. Oh, where's the dogs? So, there's the dogs. Yeah. yeah. They sound so, like my sort of people. So brick by brick. And it took them 40 years to, to build this property. Wow. Do you need me um, on the tools? Do you need any help? Yeah, come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, come yeah. Out. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be on the barra. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> although it's a wonderful and quirky property, yeah, you have to people. stand back in amazement and think, well, actually, yeah. they put 40 years of their life into making this. A, and how long is it going to take you to, to create their dreams in the garden? Well, probably about six weeks, six to eight yeah. weeks. So, yeah, we're just at the Ooh. design stage. So, yeah. Ooh, we'll talk about this then yeah. in the future. Definitely. Exciting. Yeah, it's really good. Go Rudge. Yeah, go Rudge. You're listening to the Happy Garden Podcast with Molly Green and Darren Rudge. Uh, Darren, I, I printed off my notes for you. But seeing as you're actually literally sat next to me. We can share. Well, I don't normally let you see my notes. No. And because you've got my notes, you've probably already pre-read my joke. Ha- you have, haven't you? You get, have you? Have you? <laughs> you have you? get then. Have you? <laughs> Darren, what do you call a woman with a twig on her head? I don't know. Well, yeah, I think you do. <laughs> do you know? No. Do you? No. Do you? No. Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Look at you it's faking it. You, you did that very well, Darren. I've got another one for you later, which I think you've also seen as well. Oh, have you got, you've got um, jokes I've later. Got jokes, yeah. They're as good as that. Of course. What notes hang on? Darren's just turned his sheet away so I can't see. It's like being at school, this is. What notes have you got? What notes have I got? You got my notes and then some notes on top of that of yours. No, I've not got your notes. Haven't you? No, I didn't bring them with me. I forgot them. (laughs) 
Oh, you probably didn't read my jokes then. Oh, well, look, I'm more confused now. Right, let's do... Oh, do you want to do some jobs for the week ahead and then we'll get yeah. on to another, another yeah. question? Yeah. Uh, Mike, by the way, prick up your ears. Mike has a, an amazing question um, about propagating vegetables, which we'll do very, very shortly. But let's do some jobs for the week ahead. Okay. Now in the happy garden. Oh, I say, sweetie, this is my favourite bit. Time for Darren to be absolutely flabulous and regale us with his gardening jobs for the week ahead. Well, yes. Okay then, folks, so it's a perfect time to plant roses. You'll be able to buy these roses as bare root, and all kinds of uh, roses can be purchased as bare root. Bush roses, hybrid teas, climbers, get them into the ground now. And also, it's a really good time to plant anyway. Deciduous trees, shrubs, bare root plants. Remember, at this time of year, bare root stock is going to be a quarter of the price. So get them underway, get them into the ground. It's an excellent time to actually plant. It's a good time to move things as well. So if you've got things planted in the wrong place, deciduous trees and shrubs, then get them popped into the right place. Just make sure that they've got a good root ball on them and then you can move them to uh, the place where they actually need to be and then give them a happy, happy home. So there you are, there's a few jobs. We'll have a few jobs more later on in the podcast. Well done, Darren. You very, pl- very pleased with you there. How do I turn this off? time. You did. Hang on. Oh, this is where my new diabetic go. things happens as well. What do you so, mean? Well, I if, haven't fed you, so it's not if, my fault. If I go low, you see, mm. it sends an alarm out. Oh. So yeah. Can you choose your alarm. Yeah, I can choose the alarm. Oh, what have yeah. you chosen? Yeah. Um, Sprack Zarathustra. I'm sorry. Which is the theme to 2001: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Brack. Zarathustra. Get out of the way, Darren. Do you know that one? No. <laughs> do it again. <laughs> I do know it. Just... <laughs> it's omnibus, isn't it? Oh, yes, I do know. <laughs> I do know that one. <laughs> what is that? Says so you're slipping into some sort of coma. Yeah, That's or I might what... have live and let die. <laughs> Could turn this into a competition, couldn't we? Happy Garden Podcast mug available to anyone with the best suggestion. Yeah. As Darren slips into the... uh... (laughs) Into the underworld. (laughs) We could have done it for Halloween, couldn't we? (laughs) Did you dress up for Halloween? No. Why? (laughs) You sent me a picture of your granddaughters dressed up. Now, why didn't they do the granddad up as well? Why (laughs) why, why didn't they face paint Not allowed after last time. Did Did you not see them? What they did to me last time. Well, that does ring a bell. <laughs> oh, remind me. Well, uh, I went to sleep in the caravan that we were in. Yeah, it's coming back. Go on, carry <laughs> and on. And woke up yeah. to lipstick. Yeah, I remember. Mascara. Brilliant. Yeah, and I look some, like some fanciful woman. Can you forward me that and I'll put it on the Facebook page? I will, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, good. Will, yeah. I'll do that this week. <laughs> oh, did they have fun, though, the Halloween? They had fun, good. Yeah. It was great, yeah. It was good. It was good for kids. Yeah. I wish I'd used in-date face paint. <laughs> you are looking a bit green. I wouldn't go to the shop. And this blood is all the fake blood that I've got all over my neck. Can't get that off either. It's And it's all the way down there, look. I did all my decorative... No, don't look. <laughs> I did all my front as well. I don't want to look. All green. No. <laughs> 
There's a line to our friendship. Right, what are we doing now? Now, before we came into gorgeous podcast capsule, Darren, I took you in the greenhouse. What? What? Now, what are you laughing at now? <laughs> which bit's funny? I don't know. And uh, not only did I show off about the hydrangea cuttings, which you showed me to do, so yeah. you know, props to you. Yeah. The rose cuttings. Yeah, now you did, did a special well. last week, didn't you, on did propagating yeah. shop-bought roses? <laughs> I must put a picture up on the Facebook actually. And um, they're doing good, aren't they? They're doing brilliantly. But be careful. Be ca- well, you know, you'll think they're wonderful. You give them a tug, and then. They've got no roots on them, so you need to leave them alone. For how long? For at least two months, OK? Well, look, keep keep a watch on the pot at the bottom, OK? For, for roots, um, yeah. For roots. So the roots will start to poke out the bottom, then you'll know they've got a root system. Otherwise, you break that seal mm. because they make a seal with the compost, and this is why it's good to take um, cuttings in compost. They make a seal with the compost, and then they'll, they'll develop what's called a rooting callus, yeah. and then rooting initials, uh, which produce roots and a root system. And then in the spring, you can pot them up. Seeing as there's three a pot, yeah. I do worry about breaking um, the roots. You have to get them separated ever so carefully. Yeah, you do. So when you, when you actually get them out of the pot, just tease them apart. Why do you do three per pot? I mean, I did it because you said to, but wouldn't it, it be better to just do one a pot? Well, you can do one a pot if you like, but it's it's a waste of compost and oh, a waste, is that the reason a waste why? of space. Yeah, so you don't want too many in the pot because they they still suffer from competition. Mm. So you could put four or five in a, in a sort of a five inch pot around the outside, yeah. or if you've got a square pot, put one in each corner, and that just basically cuts down on the competition. The rule of thumb really is try not to have leaves touching each other, and you did quite well because you cut your hydrangeas leaves in half. And that has two two effects. It cuts down on the competition, but it also cuts down on what we call transpiration, yeah. which is the release of water. So you're de-stressing your cutting all the while by doing the things that you're doing. Yeah, I did do one per pot with the hydrangeas, but three per pot with the roses. But that's So if you don't want to be chep and you can afford the compost, one per pot's fine. And yeah. then you don't have to disturb roots when you're tearing them apart. But don't use a large pot. You know, don't use a big pot, use a small pot. Why? So three, because it's a waste of compost. You're being chap again. Uh, and uh, and basically, as you as you water things, or you're keeping things topped up, they're just sitting in water. So. But you might want a, you might want to keep it in that pot for a few years. You might want it as a patio and not to plant it. So can you have a big pot if you? Think it's going to stay there for a few years? Start it in a small pot. And Why? Then pot you it and up. your small pot. Pot, pot it up. <laughs> pot it up. Okay. Pot it into the bigger pot. Yeah, as you go. Yeah. All right. That's well, you I'll keep you updated do. with those roses. Yeah, but thank you for your do. advice on those. They look those. great. They do. And on the back of that, Mike <laughs> has sent. Uh, uh, was this um, was this an email or was it on the Facebook? I can't remember to be honest. But it's absolutely fascinating. It says, Molly, Darren, on the subject of starting plants from cut flowers bought at supermarkets last week, here's another thought for sticking it to the man, exclamation mark, (laughs) i.e. getting free an additional fruit and veg and herb without resorting to shoplifting. (laughs) I like Mike. Aside from the rainbow in a basket tomato pictures that I sent you, which were all grown from free... uh, grown for free from seeds scraped from regular salad tomatoes and from the yellow stickered honey drop and piccolo and baby plum tomatoes i've had a good luck uh, i have had good luck with doubling leeks saving about 1.5 inches of the rooty end replanting them to get a whole load more edible greens above it same with onions allowing them to regrow for additional green onion 
ends and letting some bolt, some flower and collecting the seed, etc. for next year. I go on. Or should I say Mike goes on. It's brilliant, this is. Also, um, Darren, I use celery packs. I look out for ones that have tufty green tops intact as they've got the best chance of regrowing. Lots of produce says keep in the fridge, which I think is the first instruction to ignore. Get the root ends in water, in the sunlight and then on the windowsill. I've never bought a seed potato, Darren. Just allowed the regular potatoes I buy to eat to start sprouting in storage. Cut the cut out the cube around the sprouts and free potatoes in three to four months. Almost zero work, and I get to eat 90% of the original potato too. Finally, what other tips can Darren think up for making this sort of thing more successful? Would any other store-bought veg be good for this? What a great email. Well, that's great. Isn't it? Thanks, Mike. I mean, yeah, that's a brilliant, brilliant question, isn't it? And yeah, there's a whole whole host of things that you can actually do. I mean, any of the root vegetables, the uh, the clue is in the uh, the word root vegetables. So if you've got carrots and you've got carrot tops, you can cut the top off a carrot and then basically balance that over a cup of water and it will start to produce a root system. And yes, it will grow another carrot. Onions, as he mentioned, if you cut those in half and again, pop them into water they will start to produce roots and i'm talking shop bought onions here do you have to put little cocktail sticks in either side little and, cocktail yeah. sticks yeah on, in, on, e- on either edge lots of fruit will do that as well so avocados and things like that grow a root system they'll start to produce leaves so that particular technique is really really good to actually use if you can get yourself a couple of cocktail sticks yeah. just balance them over the water just so they're touching the top of the water as soon as they start to produce that root system and we've got a decent root system then pop them up mm. uh, or get them in the ground and you can grow your veg really really successfully that you know shop board potatoes just need to be a bit careful because seed potatoes mm. the reason why we buy seed potatoes is because they are actually approved pest and disease free so um, that's why we buy seed potatoes but yeah you can use your shop potatoes if you want to cut them into cubes leave them for a day or so so they can actually cure and then get them into your buckets or into the ground and you've got four potatoes for the price of one that's brilliant it's excellent i know you've talked before on seeds from the supermarket, and they're they're just as good, aren't they? Yeah. Although, like with tomatoes and stuff, you do say you have to treat them a little differently. Yeah. What's the word you have to do? Well, you need to imbibe them. That's the one. And uh, macerate. We were macerating with students the other day. Well, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk about it because yeah. the flesh around a fruit has chemical inhibitors that stops the seed from actually germinating. So, your tomato is a fruit, and all that flesh around the outside stops the seeds from germinating so maceration what it is 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 it's basically getting all that pulp and that flesh off the seeds so then you can put them into an environment where they actually germinate because you've taken away that inhibition to actually to uh, to germinate how do you do that how do you get rid of the slimy bit well you take your wife's sieve oh, we go. okay and then you smash your tomato. Well, you take the seeds out and then you wash through and it's con- constant washing yeah. for about 20 minutes until you feel that that seed is totally and utterly clean. And then you can you can sow them directly. Some seeds need a period of cold, uh, which we call stratification. So you just get some vermiculite and you get some compost and you mix it together and make it damp. Drop it into the packet, shake it up, pop it into your fridge for two months and they'll germinate for you. Convince them they've had a winter. There you go. Fascinating, yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Sorry, that sounded really sarcastic, but it actually is. Can you, because we've had questions in years gone by 
from people who are saying, and you mentioned an avocado there, and it does seem like a really daft question, but if you grow an avocado seed, mm-hmm. if you grow the top of a pineapple, will you get an avocado? Will you get a pineapple? With the more exotics, will you? Yeah, <laughs> will you, you actually will. get the fruit or the veg? Well, if you grow them in the environment where they will pr- produce fruit, yeah, yeah, yes, you will. Um, remember the Victorians used to produce what's called hotbeds to grow pineapples. Mm. These were compost and, and uh, soil. And the, as the um, as the manure or the compost broke down, it produced heat. Um, yeah. So you have to pr- put them into the appropriate temperature for them to produce fruit. But yes, they will they produce will. fruit. But you know what? Even if they don't, and I, I know of somebody who has an avocado plant, the plant itself, the foliage, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful it's thing. Plant, yeah. Even if you never get an avocado from it, it's just a lovely um, yeah. well house plant. You've got to keep them indoors if they're... And don't forget we're going through exotic. climate change, so... Yeah. Nothing is never impossible, is it? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Mike, what an interesting, yeah, interesting subject and conversation. And just to finish Thank off you. Mike's question, yeah. get on to YouTube. There are hundreds of videos showing you how to do this sort of thing. You know, chop off the top of a carrot and then propagate it and you grow another carrot. Hundreds of them. Well, there might be hundreds, Darren. (laughs) But what about yours? Now, there was a time a few years ago, there was one a week. Yes. Roger was releasing one a week. You've gone quiet on the YouTube front. Well, I will. I'm starting. I am starting. It's just time. It's busy. Yeah, you're busy, aren't you? I'm just busy. Yeah. Because I'm teaching, I'm designing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. What's video editing like? It's right. Does it take as long as it takes me to... edit this it can do just depends on how fussy you want to be yeah so i'm not very fussy (laughs) (laughs) you get what you see you see what you get if you fancy having a gander folks it's still there the channel oh do tell it's darren rudge the laughing gardener and uh, there's about 40 videos on there and i did it through lockdown because i started an a lockdown allotment yes and it was just a basic back garden and i produced four mini beds that would actually well the the premise was that i would grow all the fruit and veg that i needed to feed a family of three and i did worth revisiting that really interesting yeah Yeah. it's really good (laughs) what do you call a man with some cat scratches on his head Claude. <laughs> Cute. No, that is, that is really good. Oh, now, you, you, now, let me just explain, everyone. Darren tried to throw his head back in laughter then because it was a very funny joke, but you can't because there's a bedspread. <laughs> let me explain. This is so funny. I'm looking over at Darren. He's only two foot away. Right, he's, um, he's tied to the broadcast equipment because his headphone wires are so short. His wires so short. <laughs> Who has a two-foot headphone wire? So he's like, he's all bent down double right by the equipment. You tell me. We're going to do a podcast. (laughs) Just go and buy some headphones. So I did. I've never seen anything like that before. And then there's a a bedspread behind you blocking out the fireplace. It's a bit tarantula-like, this. (laughs) It's a bit tarantula-like. What, the bedspread? Yeah, it's a bit sort of furry. Oh, it does. It looks like um, a rose tarantula's legs, doesn't it? I've never <laughs> thought that before. Yeah. It's nice, though, isn't it? I was wondering 70s. whether something was going to come in. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, t- we took the... Because we had the children. Yeah. We took them to a pet store, didn't we? 
Oh, well, that's so. no <laughs> big, big mistake. What did you come out with? Oh, they wanted everything. I bet. <laughs> what did you go to a pet well, store for? Well, we went to have a look at the guinea pigs and the <sighs> rabbits and the tarantulas. And it's amazing what a tickle on the back of the neck when the yeah, little child is do. looking at the tarantula does. What do they want? What's, what pet oh, do they, they want? they wanted the bunny rabbit, didn't they? Oh. And no. <laughs> They're not easy to look after bunnies, you no. know. I know, I know. Or cheap, no. if you're going to do it properly. No. £65 for a rabbit. Well, Darren, you shouldn't buy. You should always rescue. <laughs> I didn't buy. <laughs> Good. There were a lot of rabbit rescues. Uh, and for some reason, mm. they were selling guinea pigs in pairs. Well, Can again, you explain they f- that? Well, you should always rescue. They only, they only sell them in pairs. They don't sell them as singles. And they cannot promise the sex. Apparently... It's a guess. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess, as I say, I wouldn't, um, I did I wouldn't ask buy about from that. a pet shop. Yeah. <laughs> that that seems very an irresponsible to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. Well, we just went to have a look. No, well, wait, now I've got my iPad in front of me. Oh, no. Well, you wish you hadn't mentioned it now. now. How do you spell guinea? Oh, guinea. Uh, G-U-I. Hang on. G-U-I. If I, I'll just do something. And N-E-A. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, Neville's Nest. <laughs> Neville's Nest, based in Leicester. The there Blue Cross, adopt a guinea pig. Adopt a guinea pig. Have a long guinea pig rescue. Puddle Ducks guinea pig rescue. Because guinea pigs go... Oh, they go... That's it, yeah. They are very, very cute. Gertie's Lonely Guinea Pig Rescue. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's one, Cosley Guinea Pig Rescue Cosley. Sanctuary. Yeah, it's that's near, by eh? you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cosley. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what we, how did we get onto that? I just told you I'd take oh, the, yes, uh, the, yes. the little ones. Yeah. Just look around a pet shop. That's a nice. Big mistake. Don't do that again, Dad. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> or you can buy them some locusts. Yeah, they've got hundreds of locusts. Because they're snake food. I, I did feel really sorry for them because they were in the plastic box. I know, tubs. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I did once, didn't you? I know. Yeah. I told my wife what you did once. Yeah, just the once. Bought, bought them all. Bought them all. <laughs> Shirley Aquatics. They're still here? Here in the Midlands. <laughs> no, no, no. It was a, quite a while back. I missed them, actually. It was in Shirley Aquatics. <clears throat> Some of you will have heard this story. I was with my sister. I can't remember. Yeah, I think we were just out at Shirley Aquatics. We were having a look round at the Koi Carp. And then at the back of the shop, yeah, there was those tubs of locusts and crickets. Yeah. Um, and their snake food or whatever food, whoever eats um, crickets and locusts. And those little tubs, there's about ten each. So I thought, oh. And they were all looking at me with their eyes on stalks. So I thought, I'll buy you. I don't know what I'll do with you, like, but I'm going to rescue you. So I picked up the tub. And then, of course, there's another tub underneath that. And they're all looking at you like that. <laughs> Please help me. So I bought that tub. Underneath that tub, there's another tub. Anyway, I must have come out with about 40 tubs. I cleared the place of uh, locusts and crickets. I took them all to the till. <laughs> in a basket and the man was like what are you doing I said I don't really know he said you're going to need a tank anyway then I had to buy all the equipment and I had to buy you know heat lamp um, aquarium substrate food 
And uh, and yeah, I took. They all escaped as well. There was a hole in the in the in the, <laughs> the tank top, and I uh, found them all over the stairs. But they were great pets. They were quiet. Although the crickets do make a beautiful noise in the evening, and it's like being in Spain. Yeah, they chirp. So that was really nice. <laughs> I'm hungover, Darren. I think the beer was off last night. You think the beer? Was I think on. the I beer think was you'd, off. You'd have more beer than you can. You've, well, you've <laughs> seen my husband today. He's greener than me, and he Ooh, didn't. He didn't he, go out he, as a witch. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we think it was dirty pipes. I think so. Mm. You make lovely coffee, by mm. the way. It's good, isn't it? It's really lovely it's, coffee. It's um, oatly. Barista, it's the grey one. Yeah. Oh, it's like having a meal, a cup of coffee with that. Lovely. Right. Shouldn't do that. No, never do that. <laughs> I should be sat outside in your headphone wire won't stretch. Should we just press on? Because like, yeah, let's just. Do, do you know, time is moving on. My dad said, right? My dad said in the last in the last podcast that we went on a bit. We went on. We a went bit. on a bit. There was a bit of really? faff at the beginning. Really. So I tried to launch this week's podcast with some serious stuff. Some serious stuff, man. Hedgehogs, and then garden design. I thought let's let's start as we mean to go on. And now look what's happened. I don't even know where we are. What sheet are we on? Got to be on at least two. No, we're, we're on, on. We're on just there. half of the second sheet. It's better than I thought. <laughs> And we still haven't even spoken to anyone. If you want to speak to us next week, <laughs> you are more than welcome to try and come on the podcast. Well, you can come on the podcast. If you email us your phone number, email us the happy garden podcast at gmail.com. The happy garden podcast at gmail.com um, with your phone number. And who knows? You could be featuring this time next week. Should we get back to some serious stuff, yes. i.e. hedgehogs? Yes. So, a little bit earlier on, we were hearing from Faye Vass, who is the CEO of the British Hedgehog Preservation Society. But uh, right now, we're going to find out where exactly hedgehogs fit in with the life cycle of the garden. Back to Faye. That's the wrong button. That's hedgehog mating. <laughs> Press the wrong button there. Charming. Sounds like a guinea pig. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Having fun. Sounds like it. <laughs> anyway, um, right, here's the right button <laughs> and here's Faye. Well, hopefully, yeah, we try and... Oh, no, that's the one we played earlier. Hang on. <laughs> Go. How should we look after the hedgehogs all year round? Of course, we must We must mention slug pellets, which I think a lot of people use less now because we are all aware of, of the detriment of other... It doesn't just kill slugs. I mean, hedgehogs are, mm -hmm. you know, they're the next in line to get it, aren't they, with, with slug pellets, really? Yeah, ho hopefully people are using fewer of those. I mean, the, the ones with metaldehyde are, are illegal now. So um, the ingredient metaldehyde in, in the slug pellets you know, is illegal. So you can't use those, sell those, buy those now. Yeah. So that should hopefully have reduced the amount of, of pellets being used. But any sort of pesticides that you're using on crops or lawns or whatever it may be, any of those can affect the hedgehog's food chain and, you know, possibly directly affect the hedgehog as, itself as well. So, yeah, we're always asking people to stop using those kind of things and find yeah. some organic methods instead. Um, there's loads of things you can do in your garden as well. Like providing a pond is really good because they'll, you know, that'll help a lot of wildlife, but making sure that hedgehogs can get out of it is important because they're, they're really good at swimming, but they can't swim forever. So they need a an exit route and not a slippery steep side because they can't ramp. get out of that. Yep. So, another ramp. <laughs> another ramp. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
<laughs> what about That's as far as, as what they eat? I mean, we mentioned slugs and, you know, um, talking about slug pellets. What else do hedgehogs actually eat? What do they forage for themselves? Slugs don't form a massive part of their, their diet. Um, actually, it's a bit of an, an urban myth that they do. They'll eat the odd one, but not massive amounts. Um, but they you know, can, you know, obviously the slug pellets direct as well, which is part of the problem that we, we were facing a, you know, before the ban. Um, but naturally, they'll eat sort of worms, beetles, bugs and grubs, basically. Um, and we can supplement that by, you know, if we wanted to, by offering meaty cat or dog food or cat biscuits and just fresh water to drink. Or even better, perhaps pr- provide a, a log pile in the garden because that'll provide some natural shelter for them and sort of a, a breakfast buffet of bugs when they wake up as well. So uh, that, that would be that would be really good. And that's um, that's another reason to advocate a bit of a messy garden, not messy, natural, uh, less chemicals, less pesticides, more natural. It's just they're part of the chain. We talk about the garden chain all the time. Hedgehogs, part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it'll do a lot of a lot of wildlife, a lot of good if we were a bit less tidy in our gardens. So just leaving an edge or a corner, um, you know, log piles, like we say, just leaving some messy areas and not being quite so clinical and sterile in the garden is is sort of basically key to, to helping wildlife in it. Winner, winner, really, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. You can put your feet up and enjoy the wildlife. Exactly. I know that you're doing your bit. Yeah. Uh, Talking about doing your bit, um, finally, I'm having a look at uh, at your website and I'm on the shop.britishhedgehogs.org.uk section at the moment. There's so much as far as Christmas gifts go on the website. And it's something we're talking about quite a bit. Instead of people have started to think about Christmas, instead of just buying stuff, buy something that counts. And there's there's lots of lovely things on your website, which um, which will which will help the hedgehogs and beautiful gifts as well. Yeah, there are. Um, so so all the shop profits come directly to the charity. Um, we've got lots of you know Christmas cards and sort of traditional things there. But like you say, there's some nice sort of eco gifts as well. And um, one of my favourites is a um, a coaster that we've got with a hedgehog in our name on it. And it's made from sort of recycled fence posts from farms. Um, so so all sorts of really funky little things like that, which, like you say, are a bit better than, you know, another bit of plastic, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not far away, is it, Christmas? We've all got to start thinking about it now. <laughs> Soon comes around, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> I was in the loft actually getting some bits out already. <laughs> this oh, week. dear. <laughs> that, yeah, that's exactly what my husband said. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm an early decorator. <laughs> well, anything that, anything that sparkles and brings a smile to your face is worth getting out of the loft isn't it you need a bit of brightness and light in these gloomy days in these times you do anything that makes you smile um faye thank you ever so much it is lovely lovely to speak to you really really appreciate your time thanks very much molly lovely to speak to you too she's lovely isn't she yeah it's great and it's good to hear hear, you know these things about hedgehogs yeah we need to look after them we do all time of the year Thank you to uh, to Faye. I WhatsApped her a picture of my face last night before I went out. And my finger, which was green. <laughs> She's lovely. Faye Vass, who is the CEO of the British Hedgehog Preservation Society. And just at the end there, she was saying about um, Darren. She was saying about anything that makes life better, any little sparkle, get it out, put it up. Mm. Hence the Christmas tree. Well, exactly. And you've just been for a wee. Did you notice there was tinsel all I over did, the mirror? Yeah. yeah you've I been did. in the living room, uh-huh. Christmas lights draped yeah. over the fire. I've had the grand tour of um, green towers today. It's quite festive. Yes, yeah, it is. It's really, really festive. Nice, and isn't it? Lights. Lights festive everywhere. Lights. Yeah. yeah. 
Have you had any inquiries about turning lights on? <gasps> no. 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 That advertising campaign hasn't it's gone down very well, hasn't it? It's fallen flat, hasn't it? <laughs> and a, a bit more feedback from my dad. Yeah. He said that sounded desperate. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want us to turn on your Christmas lights and do a reach around, uh, then please get in touch. It's the, uh, sorry, Dad. It is the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. The Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Sorry, Molly's dad. Sorry, my dad. Mince pie, selfie, speech. Yeah, yeah, speech. And I'll phone you once a month. He'll phone you once a month. <laughs> we'll turn your Christmas lights on. And it's £100. don't know what I'm going to say to you, but I will phone you once a month. <laughs> Darren, what do you call a man with a seagull on his head? I don't know. Really, you don't know? No. Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> oh! Cliff! You've read my sheet. It's cheating. Cheat sheet. <laughs> You cheat cheater. You sheet cheater. Calling me a sheet. I'm calling you an utter sheet. <laughs> cheat. A complete sheet. Cheat <laughs> cheat. Tracy, let's go on to Tracy. Uh, Molly Darren playing catch up with the podcast. Love listening to them when I'm walking the dog Bella. And she sent me the cutest picture of Bella. I'm getting strange looks as I'm walking along, though. Uh, headphones on, having a right old giggle at the podcasts. Absolutely loving them. Keep them coming. I discovered your show, Molly and Dazzler, during COVID when I isolated with my dad for three months. It was great weather as well because I spent most of it in the garden. Much love, Tracy, um, from Briley Bonk. And uh, here's Bella for cuteness, the most beautiful, beautiful girl. So, yeah, she's a um, COVID listener. Discovered us in COVID, oh, as a lot thanks, of people Tracy. did. Well, as a lot of people did, they had nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> it was our gain, wasn't it? But in all seriousness, though, people like Tracy, an awful lot of people yeah. turned to gardening. I think, A, through panic of being self-sufficient. Do you remember? I said this to my husband the other day. We were, we were at Sainsbury's up the road, the big one, queuing. And we had to pretend we didn't know each other. Because you weren't allowed to shop together. Do you remember this? Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe we've lived through this. You weren't allowed to shop as a pair. And people who were paired up were looked at with daggers because they were so selfish that they were going in together. So we had to had a trolley each, pretend we didn't know each other. And we queued round. It was, it's a superstore as well. Hour, hour and 15 to get in. Mm. And the joy when you went through the doors. Anyway, so, so growing your own food was a real thing. Wasn't it back yeah. in COVID times, yeah. being self-sufficient? And like you say, uh, lots of people discovered their garden spaces. Yeah, didn't they for food and mental health as well as well-being? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's what our gardens mean, folks. It's uh, it's a fantastical space and should still be a fantastical space. Ah. <laughs> Darren, I nearly I nearly went all over the equipment. Then a fantastical space, brilliant. Sorry, as you were. That nearly came out my nose then. It did. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Go on. What came out your nose the other day? It was tea. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. What were you listening to? I was oh. listening to the podcast back. I know what okay. it was. Yeah. And I, I think it was Clive and his mm -mm. morning glory. It was Dennis's morning Dennis's glory. Dennis's morning glory. That was yeah. it. Dennis's morning glory. He's very proud of it. And we just... We get pictures <laughs> intermittently, don't we? <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Darren just nearly strangled himself on his a, ridiculously I, short headphone wire. I to say, I've got a crick in my neck now because of my ridiculously short headphone, headphone wire. wire. I'm sure you can get an extension for that. That's ridiculous, Darren. 
It's like shoelace. <laughs> Darren's bent over the equipment because he can't put his head back. <laughs> Sweet. They are Sony. <laughs> do you want me to? Let me move the equipment over towards oh, you. Thank you. That's and he can lean back at there. At least four inches okay. more. <laughs> All right. What were we talking about? Um, Dennis's, Dennis's morning, morning glory. glory. Why would... Why? <laughs> what were we talking about that for? Oh, a tea coming out your yeah, nose. Yeah. Made you laugh. Because, um, yeah. yeah. Apparently it was spread all over his heart. That's the one. <laughs> uh, so that's Tracy. Um, in, <laughs> in by Christmas on Instagram. Um, we are on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I, forget, I forget sometimes, but we are. The Happy Garden Podcast on Instagram. Uh, he says, or it could be a she... What do you think? In by Christmas. Mm. They say, <laughs> not the prettiest plant to propagate, but I do stick supermarket-bought watercress in a jug of water. Then it carries on growing. Enough for garnish. Everyone should try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they will. they will. I mean, most of the, the herbs and things like that. Actually, if you want to grow herbs, folks, here's a money-saving tip. Don't buy them from the garden centre. No, go on. Buy them from your local supermarket. Because they're exactly the same. You buy them in pots. So you can buy all the herbs in pots and then you can grow them on in the garden. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing, I think it's a tip you gave us last year, which was the first time ever we'd done it, because you buy, say, basil. Yeah. 89p or whatever, little pound, Sainsbury's, and it looks amazing. It looks and it smells amazing. Give it a week, dead. <laughs> and remember you saying last year, there's 50 plants in that pot, which, which to the untrained eye you wouldn't know. And again, it's what we were talking about earlier on about ripping roots apart. You might feel funny doing it, but if you do separate all the little plants and pot them on, in fact, you were in the in the greenhouse a little bit earlier on. There's still basil from a plant we must have bought in April. Exactly. Yeah. Because we made fifty plants out of them. Yeah. So if you just divide them and pot them up. And the reason, most, half the reason they die, a is temperature, but also because they're so pot bound. There's so many of them. Exactly. Yeah. That's separate it. them. So you, you'll take them home and just cut them with your scissors, and that's what the uh, supermarket wants you to do. It's really simple, really simple. Trick. Stick it to them. Yeah, definitely. Is that, yeah. What, is that what Mike said earlier on? Probably. Here, stick it to the man. Yeah, stick it to the man. That's I'm going to put that on a post-it note. Yeah. Stick it to the man. We could make a slot out of that. Yeah. Stick it to the man. Yeah, yeah. I've stuck that to the shelf. <laughs> Here's one from Denise. Uh, Molly, Darren, could you do a squat or not? On hoverflies. Yes. <laughs> Some people may kill them because they look a little bit like wasps. The larvae look like maggots, so also may be squashed. Some larvae is in water, so they look like maggots too. And they are underrated insects, so says lovely Denise in Cradley Heath. So we'll do a swat or not now, Dazzler, on, um, on the hoverfly. Okay. All right, take yeah. it away. Now in the happy garden. What is it? Is it a bee? Swat! Or not? I vote not! Okay then, folks, so hoverflies then, are, they're a vital part of our colourful, healthy garden. And they are brilliant pollinators that are often overlooked. The larvae of many species feed on aphids, while others are efficient nutrient recyclers, uh, making a valuable contribution to a natural balance in our gardens. Hoverflies are true flies, with more than 6,000 species in the UK, and 
Over 280 of them are hoverflies themselves. They range in size depending on the species from a few millimetres to two centimetres. The characteristic feature of two flies is that they have only two wings, one pair, compared to most other insects such as bees and wasps which have four wings, two pairs. Hoverflies get their name from their ability to hover in mid-air. Many hoverflies mimic wasps, honeybees or bumblebees with stripes, bands and markings of black and yellow. However, hoverflies do not bite or sting. Flies, including hoverflies, are an essential part of a healthy garden. Adult hoverflies are pollinators and the larvae of most species are predators or help recycle organic matter. About half of the British hoverflies are aphid predators as larvae and are as important as ladybirds in recycling populations of aphids. They can also prey on other sap-sucking garden insects such as leafhoppers, whiteflies and scale insects. Tolerating the presence of aphids and other prey on some plants will provide a food source for hoverflies and can help promote a natural balance in our gardens. Some species rely on dead wood, so creating a log pile can support them as well as a wide range of animals in the garden. Drone flies and some other hoverflies like stagnant water, rich in organic material, creating a hoverfly lagoon. How about that folks? That will help support these animals. A number of hoverflies larvae live in rotting wood. Adult hoverflies can be seen crawling into crevices between large roots looking for egg-laying sites. Wet, decaying stumps are favoured. Some of these species have become very rare as their dead wood habitats have become really uncommon. So create some dead wood for them, folks. Some hoverfly larvae live in water, rich in organic matter, and are commonly known as rat-tailed maggots. They survive underwater uh, where they breathe through a tube that acts like a snorkel, allowing the larvae to breathe air while submerged. The tube can be several times the length of the body, 20 millimetres, when extended up to 150 millimetres. So there you have it, folks. Hoverflies, 280 different species and a range of habitats, but most are a necessary part and component of our garden ecosystem. Just what or not? Not. not. Thank you, Adazla, and thank you, Denise, um, as well, for, for instigating that. Oh. And, Darren, I do, from Joe in Wensfield, our lovely friend Joe. I do have an email which um, tags on quite nicely to this. And it does say, a lamb and chin chow to the listeners in Vietnam and Cairo. Oh, yeah. And all yeah. right, Bab, to yeah. those in the black country <laughs> to start with. Oh, Joe. Attached, Molly, is a photo of what I thought was an Asian hornet. But after emailing the Wildlife Trust, I was assured it was a hoverfly. Isn't this beautiful? Look at that, Darren. It's gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Be below is a copy of the reply I got from the Wildlife Trust. And on the question of to swat or not, definitely not every time, so says Joe. And this is um, a little bit of the reply. It says, the species in your photo is a hornet hoverfly. Volicella zonaria. They are the largest hoverfly in the UK and a pretty good hornet mimic. The reason for the resemblance is that it may possibly help them to enter wasps' nest undetected to lay their eggs. And for most species of hoverfly, however, it's thought that mimicry, as you were saying, Darren, is designed to imitate the warning colours of the noxious species to send signals to predators that they are not to be uh, messed with. 
The best way to tell the difference between a hoverfly and a wasp is to look at the eyes and the antennae. Hoverflies have a much shorter antennae than a wasp and have larger, rounder eyes. Wasps have two pairs of wings to one pair that a hoverfly has. No matter how convincing a hoverfly mimics a wasp, it can never sting you. So that's what the, um, the Wildlife Trust said. No, they Jay. don't bite or sting. What they do do is lots and lots of stuff in our gardens. Yeah, good Across stuff. Across a range of habitats. Yeah. So when once you see them flying around, it's not just, you know, they're doing one single thing. It's a whole host of things they're up to. We might touch on Asian hornets next week, perhaps, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Joe, and thank you, Denise. We haven't done your jokes yet. No. We're sadly lacking in humour. No offence, Denise and Joe. But um, shall I slip one in? Go on, man. Go on, then. Go on. Have you read this already? No. Just pretend you haven't, even if you have. <laughs> Mine aren't garden-related. Darren, what do you call a man with a legal document on his head? Will. <laughs> Cute. Right, let's That's a good one. Let's, right, let's, let's see how you fare. Now in the happy garden. It's about time for some Alan Titters. Brace yourself for your gardening jokes of the week from Darren Rudge. Brace yourself, as Monty would say. Go on, then, Rudge. What day is a potato's least favourite? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Today? Friday. Oh, of course, because he's going to die. What's the fastest vegetable, Molly? If it's anything to do with tomatoes and catching up, I'll be really disappointed. I don't know. A runner bean? Oh, that's good. What vegetable is a sailor's worst enemy? Vegetable, worst enemy, sailor. Oh, I think I know this. Leeks. Is, is it a leek? Good though, Darren, good. What is small, red and whispers? Mm, I don't know. It's, it's nothing to do with catching up. Don't know. A horse radish. What? Horse radish. Small, red and whispers. A horse radish. It's got no voice. It's horse and it's a radish. Oh, Hang on, small, red, and what was was the question? What's small, red, and whispers? Small, red, and whispers. A radish is small and red. Yeah. Oh, as in a horse horse. radish. A horse radish. Good. And my final one is a bit of a longer (laughs) joke, you see. Go on, then. There's a black countryman, right, and he's fishing it by the side of the canal. And another man comes up to him and says, have you caught anything today? And he says, yes, I've caught a whale. He says, have you caught a whale? He says, where is it? He says, I put it back. He says, why did you put the whale back? He says, got no spokes in it. Oh, good, Darren. Local, local humour. Is that it? Yeah, bonus five. Five jokes today. That's good. (laughs) Try and get the Kupatai one in. (laughs) Black country humour. That was good, Darren. I'm quite pleased with you. That's all right. Not bad. You only guessed one. Yeah. And you have to think about another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one, I'm quite embarrassed about that. I don't know how to edit that out because I sounded really stupid then. <laughs> uh, good. Any jokes, welcome the Happy, uh, happy Garden podcast at gmail.com if you want to add to our um, joke count. The Happy Garden podcast at gmail.com. Bunga something and leave your phone number on there as well. Come on and tell them yourself.
funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two things left to do and then you can go home. Is there really? Mm. God, I'm going to set up my new phone. Do you need to, um, hang on, before you think about setting up your new phone, do you need to scan your arm? No. Are you feeling it's not it? working yet. Did oh, is it work not? with my old phone? Oh, that's why you need to set your phone up. Because <laughs> yeah. you've got a diabetic chip now in your arm. Yeah. You can, I haven't fed you and you've been here hours. Are you okay? Oh. Are you get? Oh, no, he's slumping. <laughs> Do you need a biscuit? No, I'm fine. You're all right. Fine. Okay. Um, two more things to do. Thanks, thanks for caring. Of course I care. <laughs> of course I care, Darren. And that is... <laughs> I can smell wee. What? It's not me. Let me just check this <laughs> It's not me. I can't smell we. I can, I just got a high note. That's fine. Um, I need to reach down here by the wind chime. All my things are down there. And I need to get a book. Because we're going to go down Molly's pickling parlour. I know. This book was sent to me by... Paul in Knoll. Okay. Lovely Paul in Knoll. You might find this book useful to help with the preserving slash pickling. Please ignore the title. It's not referring to you. It's always been great fun. Uh, thank you, Molly and Darren. Lovely Paul and Noel. Oh, thanks, and Paul. It is storing and preserving garden produce for dummies. <laughs> but it is the most interesting book. And on page 220... Who asked for this last week? Who asked for green tomato chutney? Someone did. I don't know. I somebody can't remember. Somebody I think asked. we just agreed we were going to do it. Somebody asked about ripening or something, and you said if yeah. they don't ripen, you can always <laughs> make green tomato chutney. You've got loads in your greenhouse. I know. <laughs> shall I pickle? Shall I pickle them and give them to you for yeah, Christmas? Please. Shall I? Do you want to go down my parlour? Yeah, go on then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not laughing in the shadow because I ain't been tickled. I'm going in the garden because I want to get pickled. It's Marley's Pickling Palace. Right. You see my glasses anywhere? Hang on, I can't read without my glasses. Over there? No. Nope. They're over there. No, they are. There they are. There they are. I'm gone. All right then. So, page 220, green tomato chutney. So, if you want to use your unripe tomatoes to good effect with this traditional chutney... You can eat with uh, cold meats or cheese or as an accompaniment to an Indian meal. Oh, stick it on a poppadom. So you'll need sterilised jars. You'll need a muslin cloth. It'll uh, take about 30 minutes. Processing time is a couple of hours, though. And here we are. This is what you're going to need. Four pounds of green tomatoes. Four pounds. Uh, Pound and a half of shallots or onions. Shall I do it in pounds here or grams? Oh, pounds, it'd be all right. One pound, when peeled and cored, of cooking apples, a pint of vinegar, eight red chilies, one inch piece of root ginger. Oh, God, raisins. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, man, used to stick in eight ounces. (laughs) I'm not selling this, am I? Eight ounces of seedless raisins into your chutney. Two teaspoons of uh, salt and a pound of sugar. So that's everything that you're going to need. And this is how you do it. It's just three steps, actually. Chop the tomatoes, the onions, the apples and place into a heavy bottomed pan with half the vinegar. Bring to the boil and simmer gently for 30 minutes until they're tender. Then you tie the chilies and the ginger into a square of muslin 
and bash with a hammer or a rolling pin to bruise and release the flavours. Add to the pan with the raisins, cook, stir to redistribute the mixture for about an hour or until thickening occurs and then you add your salt and your vinegar. Lower the heat while stirring to dissolve the sugar and press the bag of flavours from time to time as well. And then the last step, continue cooking until the mixture is thick and drawing a spoon across the base of the pan leaves a distinct trail. Remove the muslin bag before potting up into sterilised warm jars, patting down well to remove any air pockets and leave to mature for a minimum of a month before using and you can use that up to a year after uh, you do open it, though, do store in the fridge. So there you go, green onion chutney. That's the way you make it. And then throw it away. <laughs> shall, I, shall I not kiss them up, Darren? Yes, please. Yeah, you, I don't know if you're fibbing or not. Do you like mm, it? Mm, mm. Really? I love it. Do you? Yeah, it's lovely. With raisins? Yeah, it's lovely. Is it? What's the matter with raisins? What's the problem? I am. Um, I don't really like them in savoury food. All right. Mm. It's a good book, this is. Mm. There we are on the next page, two nineteen tomato ketchup. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Yeah! It's Molly's pickling Darren, that's us, um, that's us about done, really. We've had some fun, didn't we? It's been all right. <laughs> we tried to set, start it really sensibly, but went off on a small tangent. But yeah. that's us, eh? <laughs> but if you, want, if you want us to investigate anything, or oh, Darren's quite good at investigating things. Yeah, yeah. Um, or tips on garden design, because Darren's quite good at that. Well, perhaps you want some tips on which compost to buy, or... Christmas presents coming up. Yeah, it's not long, is it? No. What, eight weeks or something? It's yeah. really not long. No. Uh, gardening Christmas presents, tools. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you, you know everything about tools and what's good, what's not. Mm. Any aspect of the garden, anything at all. The Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com or the Happy Garden Podcast on the Instagram or on the Facebook as well. You can get in touch. Um, that'd be great. Right, Darren, we are nearly done. Okay. Nearly done. Fancy some more jobs? Well, yes. <laughs> and and also, we do have another named Storm, don't we? Storm Kieron yeah. on the way. So battening down the hatches, I've no doubt, will be in your jobs. All right, let's find out a few bits and bobs that we can do. Now in the happy garden. Oh, I say, sweetie, this is my favourite bit. Time for Darren to be absolutely flabulous and regale us with his gardening jobs for the week ahead. Oh, yes. Well, as Storm Kiron is actually underway, it's going to blow off quite a lot of leaves in our gardens. So um, instantly get them off the lawn if you can do. We'll wait for the storm to uh, subside and then get out there. Use your lawnmower, folks, because uh, actually what you'll do is you'll pick up those leaves and uh, it'll mulch them for you. And then you can put them onto the, the border. Um, if your ground is soggy, then just rake off the leaves. Don't get the lawnmower on there. Grass growth is really active uh, in warm winters, so you can keep mowing, folks. Even on Christmas Day, Molly, you can mow. Okay, and perhaps it gets you out of the way of the, you know, family and friends. Uh, you can pop some moss ah. down. Okay, um, 
and if you've got lots of moss or aerate and scarify that lawn now for your fruit and vegetables herbs such as mint tarragon and uh, horseradish can be lifted and divided at this time using the most vigorous bits for replanting also pop them into ice cube trays freeze them and then you've got them for lovely lovely stocks uh, to pop into your cooking at this particular point in time. Fruit trees and bushes can be planted right now and continue to tidy the vegetable garden. Remember, dig vegetables out, folks. Don't leave them in the ground, um, especially potatoes, because they become storers for pests and diseases. And there's your jobs for the week ahead. Well, I don't know about you, but I've had a thoroughly lovely time listening to that sweetie darling. I know that I'll be having a crack at some of those jobs this week. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you next week for more absolutely rudgelicious gardening jobs for the week ahead. You're listening to the Happy Garden Podcast with Molly Green and Darren Rudge. Is that it? Can I go home now? Great. Thank you very much, our Dazzler. Right, that's it. Great. 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 About done for podcast. Nine. Nine. Number, double figures track. next week. Yeah, it'll be double figures. Double right? figures. That will be semi-established by next week, <laughs> I think. Anything you would like us to investigate, to delve into, any questions that you've got, any success stories that you've got um, during the week, please do get in touch with us and we can get Darren on the job or I'll get on the job or... Someone will get on the job <laughs> and it'll be fab. So the Happy Garden Podcast at gmail.com uh, or on the Facebook or the Instagram. It's the Happy Garden Podcast. Oh, it's been so nice having you here today. It's been brilliant. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful being in the pod room and being with you the flies. face to face. Oh, it has. It's been fabulous. You'll be so pleased to be unleashed from this equipment and you'll be able to, be able to put your head up straight again. <laughs> it's hurting a bit, it is really. It's, it's really sore. Darren's headphone wire is so, so short that he's had to like hunch over the equipment. Um, do you want to come for a trick? Look, the sun's out now, look. It's yeah. really nice outside. Should we go for a little walk and kick some leaves and I'll show you my mushrooms? Yes. Okay, then. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like. That, now that is on the list for another podcast, Mushrooms. Mm, yeah. I'll write it down. Um, and you're very good on mushrooms because... I'm a fun guy. <laughs> I'll leave the last pun to you. We'll see you all next week. Happy gardening, folks. You've been listening to the Happy Garden Podcast with Molly Green and Darren Rudge. If you'd like to send them an email, get in touch with the Happy Garden Podcast by emailing thehappygardenpodcast at gmail.com. Follow them on social media. Just search for the Happy Garden Podcast. Can we say Happy Garden Podcast just one more time? The Happy Garden Podcast.